What's up, Liberty Lovers? Welcome to Break the Cycle with me, Joshua Smith. For the next 20 minutes, I'm going to need you to sit down and buckle up, because we're flipping tables and talking liberty, and it ain't always pretty. Hello, and welcome to Episode 3 of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I did. I was at the Pennsylvania State Libertarian Party Convention in Philadelphia. I finally got to have a real Philly cheesesteak, and it was amazing. I got to check out the Reading Terminal Market, uh, all the great food there, the huge, nice, old architecture, and uh, most importantly, Independence Hall, where we declared our independence. Uh, next weekend, I'll be the keynote speaker in Peoria, Illinois, at the Illinois State Convention for the Libertarian Party there at the Embassy Suites in East Peoria. If you're around, please come and check it out. It goes on Friday through Sunday. It's going to be an awesome time. The people that put it together are great, and uh, I'm looking forward to being the keynote speaker there talking about communicating liberty and how we can advance our causes around the country. Anyways, today we're going to start off talking about how old I am. I'm just kidding. It is my birthday. I did do a segment on this podcast about how old I am, but I want to start off with a little bit about my chair run for Ellen for the LNC chairmanship of the Libertarian Party. Um, there's a lot of things flying around. I want people to kind of have some of what I have to say laid out in front of them. Then we're going to move on to the coronavirus because everyone's losing their mind about it. And finally, we will end it with an awesome rant about how getting old sucks for me. Anyways, let's get into it. The race for LNC chair is heating up, and I'm certainly a bit biased being a candidate for said position and all, but I really wanted to take the time to lay some things out. And why shouldn't I do this on my own damn podcast? Sue me, would you? We're just a bit over two months away from the national convention, and I am once again traveling every weekend to make my case to delegates all over the country as to why they should toss a vote to their dark-haired, blue-eyed witcher. For those of you who were not aware, I ran in 2018 too on a platform of dreams and goals for the LP. In 2018, I traveled to 26 states and sacrificed bits and pieces of myself every week all over the country to try and help set the LP on a path I believed would start to yield successes for us. In the end, the delegates did not trust this maintenance man from the West Coast who had absolutely no tangible successes attached to his ideas to be the next chair of the LNC. Fair enough. But they were generous enough to give me an opportunity to be an at-large representative on that same board to, bro to prove that those ideas could work. At first, I was pretty beat down. I'm not going to lie. That campaign took a lot out of me, and it was a huge blow to the old ego to lose in such a large fashion after all the hard work I'd put in. So I licked my wounds, and I had a good cry with Karen Ann Harlos, and I moved forward after much-needed self-reflection. I decided I would use this two-year term to show that I wasn't just some nobody, and after traveling around the country and shaking hands with thousands and thousands of small libertarians and large alike, that I had a formula that would certainly make people a believer. You see, my plans were simple. Focus my messaging by creating two or three messaging goals and using them to appeal to people all over the political spectrum. Real issues that I knew Ells agreed with, like the anti-war sentiment and ending the drug war and the Federal Reserve. Refine those messages, make them digestible and inarguable to anyone who would listen, and then put them out everywhere you go. This started yielding results for us immediately. My recruitment leak started blowing up, and I was getting messages from people who were pumped and ready to get involved. This in turn started kicking our fundraising up a notch, especially those gracious people who were willing to take on a small monthly donation to help our causes. I never claimed to be some genius. 
I'm not a lawyer or a big-time executive or even a used car salesman. I'm just a blue-collar, working-class guy who understands the plight of the largest demographic of people in this country. You have to relate to people to inspire them, and I've been able to do that in droves. Hell, I've had state chairs and activists all over this country reach out to me, thanking me for all the new members I've sent to their state affiliates. And that means a lot to me. And I can't wait till I have a a platform to do that on a much, much bigger scale. After that, I would start working on a team of people who could be aggressive with the media and then take media appearances on behalf of the party. So it wasn't always incumbent on one person. I was grateful to add people like Larry Sharp to that team, as well as Eric Rodset from North Carolina, among others to be announced shortly. The media has no vested interest in the LP because we want to end the greed and chaos that the two old parties feed off of and use to keep us scared and separated. So we build a team of people that will knock on their door until these chickens open up and give us screen time. Get in the faces of America with an idea whose time has come and they won't be able to look away. Look, a platform as simple as that has seen the largest and fastest growth this party has seen in more than a decade. Principled hard work inspires. Who would have thought? The best part is that I have all the receipts. I can show the data that correlates with my work. No one will ever take that away from me, even if you vote for the shiny thing that has no tangible successes just because it's not me. I've done these things even while having to deal with manufactured scandal after manufactured scandal. By the way, thanks to those of you who hate me for showing me how strong I can be in the face of adversity. If it hadn't have been for you, I may not have ever known and I may not have kept going. And I'm sorry you're getting the dial tone every time you call now, but I have more important things to focus on, so you'll have to find a new target if you want a reaction. We have a movement to build, and that doesn't happen by always sitting behind the keyboard hoping to ruin random people's lives. It doesn't happen in board meetings arguing about comma placement in the policy manual or on the email list arguing about pet memberships. You do it by putting in the legwork and appealing to people, showing them that their causes are your causes, and inspiring them to be the hero in our story. No amount of balanced budgets or meetings ran will ever accomplish that. Look, there are two very distinct votes you can make in 2020 at the National Convention. One will be for the direction of statistically proven party growth, increased funding, aggressive media and marketing campaigns, and inspiration that turns normal people into party activists of every flavor. The other is to sustain the dynamic stagnation this party has been experiencing for decades, but with a balanced and tiny, almost non-existent budget that couldn't even afford an HVAC overhaul for our cold staff members in the middle of winter in Alexandria, Virginia, and also a membership base that has a scrambling to put the same 10 people on every campaign team around the country. We deserve better because many of us have put our blood, sweat, and tears into this movement at all levels for long periods of time. My hope is that the delegates of this party will look at the tangibles and choose the path that shows it will increase our successes, alleviate some of the hats we all have to wear, and boost our status as a viable political party in the U.S. I've proven that I can get that done. I hope you are as ready as I am because I am not going away. Let's take a break for a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, are you just like me? Do you suffer from anxiety? Maybe you have bad knees or a bad back. Maybe you're not sleeping the way you should, or you have a bad appetite. 
If any of these things apply to you, you should check out NorthSpokaneCBD.com. That CBD there is powerful, potent, great stuff. I use it religiously. I use the granddaddy purple all day, every day. I use slumber when I need to get some sleep. And I use the deep relief when my knees are killing me from wrestling for 14 years. If you have any issues that can be solved by CBD, definitely check out NorthSpokaneCBD.com. And upon checkout, put in Smith 2020 for a 15% discount. Oh, coronavirus. I'd be completely remiss if we didn't have a segment about this today. I'm going to start off by saying I studied biology in college and I have a nursing license, but I am in no way an expert. So take most of what I say here with a grain of salt as I'm taking directly from the worldwide stats. And please, please, please do your own research as well. Look, I live about 20 minutes outside of Oakland, California, and as I record this, they are bringing in a cruise ship to the port of Oakland that is filled with people who have tested positive for the COVID-19. Everyone here is losing their entire collective minds, and I haven't worried once for myself personally. It's not because I'm not worried for others. It's because the virus has very little effect on people under the age of 70 with no underlying health issues. In fact, they say it's like a mild cold for more than 90% of those affected. For those of you who don't know, the common cold is also a coronavirus, and it used to kill people. You see, viruses can mutate and change over time, and the viability of the virus itself can change too. Factors like temperature and humidity can affect those mutations. If you remember the SARS pandemic, it was basically wiped out by warm weather after half the world started preparing for a mass extinction. SARS is also a coronavirus. We know with certainty that the common cold is far less common in the warmer months and the flu goes almost dormant. I'm not saying for sure that April is going to start seeing cases on the decline, but it's perfectly okay to think that there is a good chance we do and the new cases have already leveled off in China, the hub of the virus. So let's take a look at some of the numbers here. Ages 10 through 40 have a 0.2 mortality rate with almost every one of those dead having underlying health issues. Ages 40 to 50, 0.4 mortality rate. Again, almost all with underlying health issues. There is a big jump at 50 to 59 to 1.3%, but still the vast majority of those have underlying health issues. Over 60, it starts getting a bit hazy as to whether or not there are underlying health issues for the majority of those killed, but 3.6 is a very alarming number. 70 to 80, it again jumps to 8%, and over 80 has a 14.8% mortality rate. Like I said, once it gets over 60, the info doesn't seem to be as clear about the issue of underlying health problems, but it's plain to see that the most terrifying part of this disease is how communicable it is and how fast it spreads. These numbers are not much different than the normal flu strain, but could be even lower than this as many cases will go completely unreported because of how mild the symptoms are or because the incubation period is so long. Many might not even know they've been affected when they are. Obviously, the flu gets reported much more often because the symptoms are almost always severe in every case. So I am alarmed, but for others, do I think that you should be buying up all the toilet paper at Costco and leaving none for guys like me that are probably going to go on about their lives and hope the heat and prepping kills the virus? No, douchebags, save some for the rest of us. It's not the end of the world. And if you need that much TP for a 14-day quarantine, then you probably should have already gone to the hospital. You obviously have a GI tract problem. I mean, this thing is getting pretty out of hand. 
The stock market is tanking for crying out loud. Of course, I was shocked that people are still buying stocks. Can't you invest in the crypto market like the rest of us adults? Look, if the federal government can't shut down the crypto market as bad as they would like to, then certainly no other sickness is going to shut it down either. Sack up and invest in a currency that circumvents the federal government. The Fed sucks anyways, and if you didn't know that already, then you weren't paying attention. Look, every two years we have another end-of-the-world crisis that always seems to correlate with an election. 2004, it was SARS. 2008, avian flu. 2010, swine flu. 2012, MERS. 2014, the Ebola crisis. 2016, Sika outbreak. 2018, Ebola rears its ugly head again. 2020, the virus named after a light Mexican beer. Coronavirus has a contagion factor of 2. SARS was a 4, and measles is an 18. Coronavirus has a cure rate of 99.7% for those under 50, and the spread is leveling off. It's a viral pneumonia being hyped as the Black Plague before an election. So I'm not telling you not to take precautions or do a a little prepping. And I will say that if you're constantly around people like I am, maybe you should wait to go visit your grandparents until this thing blows over. So go on down to the pub, have a pint, and give it 14 days. Maybe also don't take any trips to the nursing home to sing spring Christmas carols to the seniors and maybe stay away from cruise ships for a couple of months. But the freaking out is a little off the charts and other people would probably like to purchase a bottle of hand soap, you know? Let's take another break. Hey guys. Tired of constantly dealing with shadow bans and full out bans? Maybe you've lost too many Facebook profiles or Twitter profiles from saying things that they just don't agree with. Well, now I have the answer for you. Check out patrolling.com. It's the fair social media site that lets you see the content you want to see and gives you the opportunity to express yourself freely. Check them out today at P-A-T-R-O. O-L-L-I-N.com. Once again, that's patrolling.com. Get on the site now. Make sure that you put hashtag Smith sent me and they will make sure you get a verified badge for a limited time. Thank you guys so much. Birthday's coming up. I'll be turning 37 in three days on Friday the 13th. And I needed a place to rant for a minute. So you're in luck. No one else will listen to me cry about getting old because truly no one cares. It's a part of life. But I have you trapped with your headphones or stereo, so you're stuck with me for the next couple of minutes. Don't you dare turn this off. Man, what the hell happened? It feels like just yesterday I was hopping into the back of my great-grandparents' camper with the two chihuahuas, Pixie and Bobo, and heading down to the Jelly Belly factory for a day of diabetes and fun. Now I'm waking up and trying to get my knees and back to work for the first hour of my day while I have orders barked at me by people who don't know how to do my job. Yes, at 37 years old, I'm complaining about getting old. Deal with it. What the hell is a dab? Is it a dance or is it a drug? I've never tried either and they'd both probably kill me. I used to wear Jinko pants that were 18 sizes too big for me and now I snicker at kids who are sagging a bit. Like I have become the guy who wants to go around and pull everyone's pants up. I feel like this gives me a pass to start doing this show in selfie form in my lifted truck as a video for Facebook mixed in with a story about how immigrants are taking our jobs and the cops are just doing theirs. 
I spent the entire last year telling people I was 37 already until my little sister, who is also in her 30s, reminded me that I'm still 36. That's pure old people shit. You have lived so long on this earth that you have given up on remembering exactly how many years it is and are now just guessing when people ask. It would almost be easier to just be like, uh, I think I have about 35 years left or so if I'm lucky. Can't eat spicy food anymore. I love it. Doesn't bother my mouth at all. But my stomach will wake me up in the middle of the night and start reciting the passage about the river of boiling blood and fire from Dante's voyage through the seventh circle of hell until I finally get fed up enough to drive to 7-Eleven at 3 a.m. in my Batman pajama pants and eat a few dozen Rolaids just to get two more hours of sleep before going to a job that's just going to give me heartburn again. Sleeping has become such a chore that I get all thankful for a solid hour at a time. Like, is this normal? Do all old people wake up five times a night and think about all the bills they have to pay? Or if Epstein really did kill himself? Or if you remember to turn the stove off after you cooked that package dinner for two that gave you leftovers for lunch tomorrow? Nah, man. Getting old sucks. Take me back to my early 20s where the only things I felt might kill me was accidentally taking 21 Jaeger shots in a night in the gas lamp in San Diego. I feel like at any moment I could die now doing something as dumb as stepping off the curb incorrectly or choking to death on a ham sandwich. I mean, if I stubbed my toe wrong, it could be the end for me, and that's a sad realization. Oh, morning coffee? Thank you. Excuse me while I disappear for 20 minutes. Want to go on a hike? Sure. To the kitchen for an ice pack, some Advil, and salt and vinegar potato chips. You want to go on a vacation? Yeah, but only till I remember how much better watching TV from your couch and shutting the world out is. Great. I'm an adult, and I can eat ice cream for breakfast. Thanks for the reminder, Karen. But have you ever seen a child that has to pay more than a thousand bucks a month in income taxes? What about a kid that has to drive a manual in two hours of Bay Area rush hour traffic after a 10-hour shift? Ever seen a child that has to stand in line for four hours at the DMV to pay them for a sticker so they don't get thrown in jail for owning property without permission? No? Then shut up and let me complain. This ice cream breakfast just hurt my stomach anyways, and I would gladly trade that for the prices right and a peanut butter and banana sandwich on a Monday afternoon at grandma's house. Anyways, I'm turning 37 on Friday. I'm actually not quite as bitter as I sound, but my body is. I'm actually really looking forward to the 55 and over senior discount at IHOP. Let's take a break. Hey. Are you looking to advertise your business with a quickly growing podcast? Well, aren't you in luck? I have one spot left to advertise your business with a quickly growing audience. We're talking fast. And that's not the best part. The best part is it's dirt cheap. Since we're at the ground floor, we're talking you're going to get eight 40-second, count them, eight 40-second ads per month nationally distributed around the country. So make sure you email me quickly because that spot will be gone fast. Hey, thank you guys so much for checking out episode three of Break the Cycle. Make sure to check us out every Tuesday and Friday on any podcast catcher app you like. Subscribe to the YouTube at Fight the Despots. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua at Large. And please, please go throw us a few monthly smackers on Patreon at patreon.com backslash BreakTheCycleJS. I may be the chair of a national political party after May, and this gives us the chance to fight for liberty in the U.S. full-time instead of wasting what we have accomplished at a day job and part-timing liberty. 
See, I was taught to never half-ass anything, always whole-ass everything you do. Anyways, we'll see you guys on Friday. Make sure you break that cycle.